sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, hour number two. And Kevin's going to be like a kid in a candy store this hour. We talked NFL. We talked college football. The NBA draft is tonight. And you know the candle burner covers all things NBA. But, Kev, before we go too deep into the draft there's other mm-hmm. rumors there's other buzz there's other trades right we talked about this legal tampering period and part of the beauty of this condensed off season is that it's all happening right now we talked about some trades that did go down the drew holiday thing that happened with milwaukee but also milwaukee made another move uh recently that we didn't talk as much yeah. about they go and get bogdanovich kev who you know in essence is a walking bucket Right. So Mm -hmm. now let's think about this. When I then took a step back, right? Yeah, they traded a ton of picks away and all sorts of stuff and some of their players. But when I look at my Milwaukee and I see, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bogdanovich, Giannis, and like Brooke Lopez, who is, you know, like a legitimate all star. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the depth. But what Milwaukee needed, right, in the playoffs, that crunch time, they needed a closer. They needed two-way players. Well, Drew Holiday is that. They now have more options than just Giannis. Talking, where does that starting five stack up in the East? And more importantly, maybe, is Giannis impressed, in your opinion? So I definitely think Giannis is impressed. Every single thing we are hearing is he will be signing the Supermax and staying in Milwaukee now. James Harden is currently on a 2 plus 1. It does not mean that if he signs the Supermax, we will not be revisiting conversations right, right, right. about where Giannis wants to go. But at the end of the day, step one is getting him to re-sign. And all signs point to these moves being enough to make that happen. Dane, let's just look at the starting five that this team was rolling out in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe is now Drew Holiday. It's an upgrade. I do believe it's sure. a marginal one. But it's an upgrade. Wesley well, especially on the defensive Bob. side, too, right? I mean, come on now. Well, so Holiday's a good two-way is, player. No, he is. But honestly, the upgrade is more important offensively. Eric Bledsoe, okay. first-team All-NBA defense in 2019, and then last year's second-team All-NBA defense. Could be a product of the environment. The Milwaukee Bucks were the best defensive team in hoops okay. last year. Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year. Bogdanovich is an upgrade over Wes Matthews offensively, without question. Defensively... I'm not sure there's so much good defensive talent there, you don't worry about it. And then you're rolling forward with Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. The spacing, the three-point shooting is immense. It's incredible. What I also love is they certainly did sacrifice some of their depth, right? Well, the problem with Milwaukee is Budenholzer was playing his depth too much. So maybe they were like, all right, we just need to take this away from you. Please play our best five players for 40 Save minutes a game. Budenholzer from himself? Yeah. They're like, we, we can't do this anymore. The thing about Milwaukee, and I think there's an argument to be made that they have the best starting five in the NBA. I do think that that's fair. Dane, if this team has the best record in the NBA as we head into the postseason, will any 
anybody care. It's what they've had the last two years entering the postseason. Now, it'll have happened with changes, so maybe sure. people will put some more credence into it. But goodness me, they couldn't have done any better in the last two regular seasons just to come up short. That's the thing here. It's you got to – we'll talk in April or whenever the playoffs are going right, to be, right, May right. and June. And until then, not many people are going to care. Now, I hear that as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. Thanks for getting with us on the early line. Big shout out, West, for waking up very early with us if you happen to be listening on the mightier 1090. I do got to ask you, though, Kev, about the New Orleans side of this, right? Because now if you zoom back a little bit, okay, they have traded away Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, and they have Mm -hmm. turned that, Kev, right, into like – Six first-round picks into, you know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, George Hill, and more. Like, I know it's not for right now. The Bucks are doing it for right now, right? They gave away, like, multiple first-round picks. But look at what New yeah. Orleans has on the other side here. They have mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, do something with the picks. But they got a lot of great young talent, right, with a core of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion Williamson, and a lot of yeah. assets to go and, like, complete the puzzle however they damn well please so here is the one thing that we all fall into a trap myself included dane the favorites to win the nba championship this year the la lakers at plus 330 the second choice to win the nba championship this year the milwaukee bucks at five to one those draft picks that the pelicans are holding right plus those pick swaps that they're holding we tend to overrate at times, right? The world where those become incredibly strong assets is a world where Giannis bails on Milwaukee. Not signs of five-year extension they underwhelm. If Giannis stays in Milwaukee, those picks are in the mid to late 20s. They just are. It's a world where AAD and LeBron bounce from LA. Otherwise, they're mid to late 20s, and they're never going to be making pick swaps then with the Lakers and then the Bucks. The Pelicans yeah, are going to have they turn that into record. another veteran that can actually help them and help this young team yeah. develop and get places? And that's the thing with New Orleans, Dane. What do they want to be? We talk about this loaded West. Last year, they were supposed to be the team that cracked the bubble. It ended up being the Blazers. The Pelicans totally flamed out. This year, What are the expectations for this team? And when do they want to swing and put another star around Zion? It doesn't have to be this year, but when will it be? Very interesting. No, I think that's true, right? They have the chips. The question is, when do they shove all in? Was it on the right hand? And do they make the right plays? But they have those assets. And here's what I'll say. Everyone loved Danny Ainge when he had all those draft picks, too. So we'll see. More NBA on the other side. Mm -hmm. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line where we put the fun in functional sports content every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern, spitting statistician and the candle burner. And, Kev, we got the NBA draft tonight, and we're going to dive into that for sure. But there is some other news and notes that I think are interesting. We got big-name rumors, and we're not even talking about the beard. We're talking about another Houston Rockets guard, Russell Westbrook, who we know also is talking about wanting out. And there's some buzz now about you know, swapping for another um, guard that we uh, hear about at times, but it's sort of out of our consciousness on some level because he hasn't played in a while, and that's John Wall, Kev. You know, listen, it's interesting to me, right? Westbrook and Harden, couldn't they get along in a backcourt, right? We've been hearing for years about Wall and Beal in that Washington backcourt. Could this change of scenery be good for all involved? Do you take this rumor seriously, Kev? I have not been as puzzled by a rumor, I think. Like, this is the type of rumor, for those that are on NBA Twitter, you understand this. This is the type of rumor that comes from some random local beat reporter that makes the round on those, like, NBA Central accounts that you and your buddies talk about, but nobody ever seriously... This was shams! This was one of the two biggest reporters in the league talking about this. That means it's a conversation. Why the heck is this a conversation? What is actually going on? I thought it'd be Beal instead of Wall, if anything, right? So immediately I go, oh, Beal's out. If if they trade John Wall, then, well, why? Why would you think that Westbrook makes more sense next to Beal than Wall? There's no logic that connects there, right? So then I think the thought process would be, well, we're moving Beal. John's going to be furious. Apparently Westbrook wants a place where he can be dominant and run the whole show. That's us. We'd still rather be competitive. John for Westbrook contract-wise, basically the same exact thing. No problem. Like So from that perspective, I guess, but... Is what's the angle for the Rockets to bring John Wall in? Do, I can't figure out if this Rockets team should try to be competitive or not. Here's the big caveat with the Rockets, Dane. All of their picks belong to OKC, except next year is one through four protected. If they can bottom out and land the top four pick, it's like, wow, we've saved the whole day. That would be right. awesome. But is that what this team is going to do? Is that what they so, want to do? I don't know. So here's the thing, and, and you are more plugged into this than me, right? But just trying to be intuitive about all this, you know, Westbrook has said he wants out. Harden potentially out, right? I've also heard recently, I don't know if you put any stock in this, that both of those players are unhappy with ownership because the ownership are Trump supporters yep. and they don't want to play for them anymore. Now, that would be their right, but I, I don't know if that's real, right? Mm-hmm. And I remind you, we weren't doing the show, this was years ago, when the Spurs needed to move uh, DeRozan. I was flabbergasted, right, uh, by what they got back. You know what I mean? That even though they had no leverage, they were still able to get an all-star. You know what I mean? And this is what I'm talking about now at Houston. Everybody in the league and their mother knows that maybe Westbrook wants out, maybe Harden wants out. And maybe this could be for Houston 
This is the best player that we could potentially get back, right? So when we don't have leverage, when we're over a barrel, but I'm willing to get another legit all-star max player, sign me up. Whether the fit works or not, right? Maybe this is just the best Mm -hmm. they can get. It's like... And, and, you know, this is the thing. Like, this has nothing to do with the, the level of plug. This is puzzling. This this is. Like, I think for all parties involved, this is a, a tough thing to figure out right now because, and as far as the, the front office goes, and I saw the rumors as well with Fertitta and his political allegiances, yeah, sports yeah, yeah. owners leaning that way is far from, from news. It's more so Fertitta's number one priority is not winning, it's not rebuilding. It's getting out of the luxury tax. It's not spending right. money. That's why Daryl's in Philly. It's why Mike D'Antoni's on a bench in Brooklyn. And it's why we're having these conversations, okay? That's the the real crux of this issue right now that exists in Houston. And I honestly, Dane, would like to be coming on here and telling you right now that this team shouldn't be blowing it up. At the end of the day, there were four teams eliminated by the NBA champions. We're all excited about the Heat and the Nuggets. The Blazers are being aggressive, and I think a lot of people liked what they did. But the Rockets are the one who have to hang their heads. I would tell you that if the Houston Rockets ran it back, I'd give them more than a puncher's chance against any non-Lakers team. There are a lot of people who thought they were built to beat the Lakers. Yeah. Right, but now they are no longer built. Like, they they then lost their coach. You know what I mean? So no. they now personnel-wise can't exactly. do exactly. what they want to exactly. do, and I think that's part of why. And they lost why. Covington. Sure. They they, have, they, oh, and by they, the way, I love that for the Blazers. I love, love that for the Blazers, more. but couldn't that's besides more. the point, but right? And by the way, that's I, the I, problem. I apologize. Yeah, no, and that's yeah, the thing, too, right? They have to almost change midstream. Yes. I misspoke, okay? What I meant with the DeRozan thing, right, was... When they had to move Kawhi, you know what I no, mean? That yeah, they were able yeah, yeah, to yeah. get DeRozan back. That's like yep. better than you could think when you have no leverage. I do want to move on to one piece of news because we got to get to the draft, right, which is tonight. Yeah. One other thing is in Boston, right, with Gordon Hayward. And we're hearing the yes. idea that Gordon Hayward and Atlanta may be mm-hmm. kind of a little partner moving. Uh, do you buy this one? And, you know, is it just that Hayward really isn't the right fit for what these other young guns are doing? Was Hayward kind of just not right as that team chemistry evolved and developed there in Boston? So I I buy it from the sense that we know what the Atlanta Hawks want to be competitive this year. They want playoff basketball for their young ascending star in Trey Young. The thing with Gordon Hayward is this is all because he has an option. He can decline a player Mm. option. He can accept it. The deadline was yesterday. Him and the Celtics agreed to push it back. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why. The Hawks have the cap space to sign him outright. If you hmm. want to go to Atlanta, opt out, sign out right. Opting in and then forcing a trade, I don't, and I, I genuinely, I cannot figure out if Atlanta should be giving Boston pieces to complete that deal, or if Boston should be giving Atlanta pieces to get off the Hayward contract. So, so opting in, right. it, you're either going to be hurting your former or hurting your future. I don't think that's Hayward's angle. I guess he wants to be able to basically have this be an opt-in and an extension, and maybe this current year's deal is at a value that he likely wouldn't get in the extension. That's what makes sense. But then it is difficult for me to tell you whether Boston or Atlanta is the one attaching assets to complete this deal. 
I do think the move makes sense, and I definitely think it's a, a very lo- possible outcome for where Hayward plays ball next year. All right, fair enough. And listen, the deck is going to reshuffle tonight. Okay, on some level, draft night, we're going to see some deals. We're going to see new kids on some of these teams, and it'll all start, we think, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have the one pick, right? We know about that. We'll talk about where they may go on the other side of the break here, but Golden State, then Charlotte, Chicago at four, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, all the way to the New York Knicks will obviously mess up the number eight pick. Uh, What is the spot? Kev, before we dive into the players and all that stuff, what is the spot in this draft order that you think, like, in the first hour or hour and a half is going to be, like, the pivot point, where the deal might be made, where the surprise may come, where in the draft, how long are we going to have to wait until we all, like, mess up all our mock drafts? Not long. Now, your mocks might be intact in, in, in because the top three okay. should be the top three, but okay. there is still... Absolutely, the Minnesota Timberwolves seeing if they can move this pick. And something, Dane, that, I mean, I remember, the lottery was done, right? I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And you were like, wait, 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 wait. Golden State is the, as the two pick. There's no way they're drafting there, right? And right. we heard even more rumors yesterday about what Golden State would like to execute possibly out of the two pick involving some trades. At this point, a yes-no bet of, Will Minnesota and Golden State make their picks at one and two? The answer, I mean, it's got to be no. Where the money, like, there's no way they're both picking at one and two. All right, so we will play it out when we come back. What does Kevin think we'll do? Who are these players, and how can we make some money off of it? That's what we'll do when we come back on the other side of the break. The early line draft preview coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The name I'm most concerned about is Matthew Fitzpatrick at 28-1. to He just snuck through the cut line last week at the Masters, didn't play particularly well on the weekend, and finished outside the top 40 when it was top 50 in ties that were ending up to make the cut. And when I look at betting a golfer outright, and especially odds that are this short, I mean, anything under 30-1 to is, is particularly short. He's one of the top seven or eight shortest odds golfers in this field, you look at their ability to actually win golf tournaments. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, while he does have five professional victories, none of them are on the PGA Tour. Uh, They're all European Tour events. They haven't come, none of them have come in the last couple of years. And you start to wonder if he's ever going to be able to notch a PGA Tour victory. You know, he's popped up at times. He's made a bunch of cuts in his PGA Tour career. He's making a nice living. But unfortunately, he hasn't been able to raise the trophy on a Sunday afternoon, which is critical, of course, when you're betting him to actually win the golf tournament. So while I appreciate his skill set, which is one that uh, tends to be a short game type specialist, right? Up and down, being able to ride a hot putter at times. That skill set, it comes and goes each week. It's difficult to really bank on round after round or week after week, which is why I think sometimes you can see some more sporadic results from Matthew Matthew Fitzpatrick compared to other golfers who are in a similar price range as him on the betting board who have a different set of skill sets, skill sets that allow them to be a bit more consistent. So 
It's really about your winning upside when you're betting in an outright situation. And Matthew Fitzpatrick has not demonstrated enough of that winning upside for me to be comfortable placing an outright wager on him. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout out to our radio affiliates from around the country. Thanks for waking up early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. This is usually where we have our guy, Cam. We gave you a little bit of insight into golf, but the NBA draft is tonight, and so we focus on that, Kev. All the way at the top, you talk about Minnesota, right? And interesting Mm -hmm. to me, the who will be number one overall odds have moved a ton, right? At one point, we see LaMelo Ball. At one point, we see Anthony Edwards. Right now, Anthony Edwards is the minus 135 favorite. LaMelo Ball is the second choice at even money, pretty much. Who are these players, Kev? You know, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. Why would Minnesota choose one over the other? In my layman's terms, I was just talking about DeRozan. I'm hearing Anthony Edwards is kind of like that on some level that he'll be able to score when it comes to ball. I keep on hearing about these tall point guards, you know, like mm-hmm. the Penny Hardaways, the Jason Kids of the world. Are those off base? Where do you think Minnesota goes? And what are the skill set of these two guys who are, you know, the top two uh, odds to go number one overall tonight? So I, I will say, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about the popularity or, or the well-knownness, right, uh, of this group here yeah. at the top. And some people might say, oh, it's tough. We lost out on March Madness. None of them would have been playing in March. Anthony <laughs> Edwards and true. Georgia were not very good. Lamella wasn't That's in college, true. and Wiseman was done after three games. So right. the sample size here is small. Nobody was even watching Georgia throughout the year. He had the game against Michigan anyway, State, yeah. Anthony Edwards, and it was good. Nobody was finding Lamello's streams. And again, Wiseman, they played Oregon. He like was in foul trouble the whole game. It was the only game that really mattered. But here we are. These are our top three guys. And you can see as represented by the odds. If you'd like to waste some money, you can make a hundred to one bet on literally anybody else that possibly might be yeah, drafted no, tonight. That's not happening. It's not a thing. It's a three horse race. So the first question is, well, if Minnesota keeps the pick, who's the guy? Right now, there is every indication that it would be Anthony Edwards. He is rightfully a minus one thirty five favorite. Simple caveat, Dane. Don't bet it at minus 135. Same exact bet is available under one and a half draft position for Anthony Edwards Mm. at minus 122. A little bit of a misprice there, guys. Take advantage of it if you want to bet Ant to be the number one overall pick. A lot of people believe that this is the fit. That getting a wing to complement your lead guard in D'Angelo Russell and your lead big of Carl Anthony Towns is the fit. Personally, I would go with LaMelo Ball. There's one of the reasons why I think I bought so heavily into the LaMelo Ball rumors that started to heat up, Dane, is I think it's the right decision. I have some positions on Ant to basically not go first. We might lose. We beat numbers, so I'll live with it even if it doesn't come home. I do think LaMelo Ball would be the perfect pick. You see the size there for a lead guard. This isn't you know, right. a 6'3 guard playing next to a 6'2 guard. He has the length that is necessary to be competitive on the defensive side of the ball. Dane, remember when Lonzo came into the NBA and we all thought his defense was going to be a disaster and then it became his right. strong suit? Like, mm-hmm. LaMelo very well could be much better on the defensive side of the ball than we think, and his ability to play in transition will keep them active. And also, 
Dane, think about what we asked with the Lakers all year. Who's the other creator outside of LeBron? Teams need mm-hmm. multiple ball handlers. LaMelo Ball can be exactly that. Your other guy would be Wiseman. That is via the trade. That is the only way he goes first overall, is if the Timberwolves exactly. move this pick to a Charlotte Hornets, a Golden State Warriors. I'm not sure there's another team that moves up to one to get Wiseman, but that's the only way that a six to one number would cash. Okay, can I ask you one last question about Lamelo? I haven't heard from Papa recently. Do you th- are there any teams that are going to steer clear of Lamelo because of you know the big baller brand and all that stuff, or is Lavar yeah. being kind of smart by laying low right now because he knows Lamelo could be the number one overall pick in the draft, and he doesn't want to complicate it? Like for example, if Edwards does go one and Wiseman does go two, number three is Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. I don't think Mike wants to deal with Lavar. You know, talk to me about the big baller brand as it relates to Lamelo. So- the, the the MJ angle, it's so ridiculous that it's a, a thing, but when LeVar was at his peak, right, one yeah, of his things... Like on Monday Night Raw was, and stuff, and selling sneakers. Right. But also, one of his, like, main talking points was that he would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, if you remember. Right. Like, I of all the people that, that he yes. would call out, Michael <laughs> yes. Jordan was at the top yes. of the list. So this isn't like a, man, does MJ have time for this? It's like, does MJ want to cross paths with a guy that was wildly calling him out at his height? But as you've said, why bring this from? Why let the circus come down, though? Look, we've not heard from LeVar in a long time. It's true. And I'm not going to let that stop me from drafting what I do believe to be the best player in this class. That's how I see it. At the end of the day, when was the last time we heard LeVar with Lonzo? It hasn't happened in a long time. And as a benefit of Lonzo's NBA career. (laughs) Relatively. I mean, at the end of the day, like we Lonzo is a lot less important. Part of that's leaving LA, right? But I know, but it's like let Lonzo stand on his own too. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I think that's been better. I get that. But I just think from the from the star perspective, like when Lonzo entered that draft, the star of the class, not based right. on talent, right? right? And it's why, you know, the big baller brand, people know what the big baller brand is through LeVar. It's right. part of the reason why I think people still have a hard time wrapping their head around LaMelo Ball. I think there's probably people who are like, ah, uh, this is true. just hype from his dad. No, that's true. He's, he's, he's real good. He's real good. And... That's kind of the the stuff that you have to get through here. If now and look, there's a reason why they go through the draft process, the interview process, and I'm sure his father came up plenty of times. These teams know what they're going to be getting into bed with. If Lamelo Ball like was in an NBA Finals game, do I think Lavar pops up? Yeah, but you're also in the NBA Finals. Who cares? Right, 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 right. That's one of those good problems to have for a team that's yes. drafting in the top three, let's say. The other name here that we all expect to be in the top three is Wiseman out of Memphis, right? Freshman, the 7-1 freshman, only played a handful yes. of games. but And now a lot of people, I think, if the picks are being made, are linking it to the mm-hmm. two-spot in Golden State because we all know that Golden State doesn't need another wing or a guard. They have Hall of Fame ones there already. And what they could use is another rim rocker, another alley 
alley-oop guy, someone to put it back, you know, the JaVel McGee, Willie Cauley-Stein run the floor type, and maybe Wiseman can be that. And I've heard Jay Billis say that he can also shoot from the outside. So with Wiseman, the question is, do you see the fit with the Warriors, but ultimately will the Warriors actually be there making the pick? So I, I've thought about this a lot here, right? When you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, they just love to be competitive for a playoff spot. The Charlotte Hornets would love to be competitive for a playoff spot. Same with the Bulls, the Hawks, and so on and so forth. Except the Warriors, who are looking to win a title. So here's the angle. Dan. Bigger fish. There's no summer league. There's no time for a guy who's not played competitive basketball in kid. a long time, right? Like, yeah. do they have the time for this? And that's why I've believed in them wanting to trade this pick so much. There's a lot of people that don't think Wiseman's the best big in this class. They believe it's Onyeka out of USC. And unfortunately, we didn't get enough out of Wiseman at Memphis for we're just going off of high school with James. Now, the high school stuff was great. He was the number one kid coming out of his class. But those, like, he's 7-1. He's the most athletic player on the court in high school. It's hard to know how that can all translate. It would have been yeah. valuable to at least get a glimpse of it throughout the college right. basketball season. Memphis would have made, if Wiseman played the whole year, oh, yeah. March Madness. And we would have been able to you know, right. go through that process with him. We lost it. We're breaking down AAU games when it comes to this guy. Right. We didn't see him in college. We didn't see him in Lithuania. We didn't even see him from a Cobb <laughs> Tel Aviv, right? Which to see yeah. him against other, you know, growing men or actual men. Those are the big three names. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other names you're going to hear tonight that you need to learn up on. Our guy, the candle burner, will tell you about that when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dayton Martinez. My man, the candle burner, helps us with the fun and functional sports content. And as we move on, we got more draft to talk about, right, Kev? That's right. John Wall may be on the move. We'll mm -hmm. see. But, you know, we talked about the top three, and it was intriguing to me, Kev. You said Wiseman may not be the best big in this class. Okay? Yeah. So I want to ask you about two other bigs one is onyeka out of usc where i'm here enjoying comparisons to bam out of bio and his wingspan yeah. right and then there's the player who I, I i gotta tell you i think dominated college basketball last year 
And that's Obi Toppin, right? So, mm-hmm. like, talk to me about these guys because the casual fan knows Obi Toppin as the best player in college, right? I get yep. he wasn't in Lithuania or Macabre Tel Aviv or what have you. Why isn't he talked about as a top three? I'm hearing comparisons to, like, Amari Stoudemire, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. And then what about, you know, Onyeka out of USC? Talk to me about those two bigs games coming yeah. into the draft. So, so let's start with Onyeka. Uh, Onyeka okay. is the top three buster. Okay, he's the guy that throws the projected top three into kind of a a flurry, if you will. Right. Anthony Edwards goes one. Wiseman goes two. the Hornets say we need a center and they take on Yaka and leave LaMelo ball on the table. So he's five to one to go third. If you wanted to take a shot on it, it's totally reasonable. Onyeka, though, could fall as far as nine to the Washington Wizards. That's the absolute floor. He would not go any uh, further down the board than that. The value in Onyeka is the defense. When you hear a guy being compared to Bam Adebayo, I mean, what else are you expecting? I think he's got like the 7'3 wingspan, you know. He's like 6'10", but with the 7'3 wingspan, can be agile, can slide, you know, absolutely. Can find himself on the perimeter not being a liability right. defensively. Those he are can all switch. of the things right. that you're looking for. Right. I mean, just defensively dominated the Pac-12, an efficient yep. offensive player who shows flashes. As you can hear as I'm describing him, I am in on Onyeka. I think the team that gets him is going to be in a great spot. It's kind of this battle of, like, if everything pans out with Wiseman, he's, you know, then, okay, maybe can he be a top 20 player in the league, right? If everything pans out with Onyeka, is he top 20? I'm not sure, but it feels like what he does is right. more likely to But he's that out. piece that a contending good team is going to really need yeah. and leverage and be great. Right, right, right. Right. Like, if he landed in Golden State, Onyeka, you'd be like, wow, that's a really, really nice addition for them. Obi Toppin did dominate college ball. Would have been the college basketball national, or I think he was the college basketball national player of the year. I think they still gave they those still gave the award, awards yeah. out. The thing with Obi, one, he's 22. As far as draft prospects go, basically he's like 56. We know that's a yeah. thing. The other thing is, he's basically the opposite of Onyeka. The defense is where we worry. And in today's game, for a big, if you're going to be a defensive liability, well, then I need you to be a special offensive talent, right? Carl Anthony Towns has defensive warts. He might be the best offensive from an efficiency standpoint. He might be the best seven-foot shooter in basketball history. I know people would be like, Dirk Nowitzki, how could you say that? Just look at the numbers. You'd be surprised at what you'd find on the other side. I promise you. Okay, But Obi Toppin is not Carl Anthony Towns. He is explosive, and he is certainly working to get better on the defensive side of the ball. Obi Toppin... What I think is the most attractive thing about him, Dane, is he is probably your safest bet in this top 10. I see. We talk yeah. about, right? Edwards, meaningless mm-hmm. basketball at Georgia. Yeah. Lamelo's, uh, you know, uh, playing all over sure. the country except for America. Wiseman, three games. Obi Toppin will come in and should be right. ready to contribute day one. I heard this angle from others that. that they believe he could be rookie of the year. I'm very interested to see what the markets look like. Because there's no summer camp, does Toppin have that edge that makes him the rookie of the year front runner? And how valuable is that to a team? 
that they could turn to their franchise and say, look, we right. hit. He's contributing right now. Right, right, right. Question then, I see the over-under for him at five and a half, right? So we've mm-hmm. talked about a few players that we know can go, and I'll give you that, right, where where the upside might be better or they're two-way players. I get it, but, you know, is he going to fall? Is Obi Toppin going to fall out of the top five, out of the top six? I've seen him all the way, you know, in the second half of the top ten. So why is this number over-under at five and a half? Where, Like, connect the so, dots for me, Kev. Where is he going to go? Yeah. So the expectation is he will be a Cavalier tonight. That he would go fifth to the Cavs, and they feel pretty strong about that assumption, clearly represented by the number. I will say the Knicks would love to have this guy, and this number was much longer before to him, yes, to be the eighth overall pick. It's now plus 570. Would he last that long? Obviously, the odds are telling us no. The CAA heard the Knicks may want to trade up to get OB Toppin. Yes, or a Lamelo Ball. Real? That would be there. The, yes, the right. Knicks would love to trade They'd up and get, get Lamelo Ball what? more than anything. They'd have to go up to what? Well, for Lamelo, you'd have to get to two, right? For Probably. Obi Toppin, could you talk with Chicago, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think you could even talk with Atlanta. If something kind of went wrong, right? The other thing is, okay. if Obi makes it past five, then is he going eight? You know how just right, anybody right, right, who right, follows right. any level of draft, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Think about your NFL draft with your quarterbacks. You're like, all right, I got this guy going six. And it can happen there, and then there's none of the teams that need you know, him or whatever until that comes up. Right, right, yeah. right. The, the one way you can play Obi to go top five, though, Dane, but at a positive number, is a NBA draft parlay. You see these this drop-down menu at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Denny Avija and Obi Toppin both drafted in the top five is plus 210. I think that's a really favorable number, all things considered. Now, Certainly, there are some things that can throw this into the mix. Could a Lamella ball slip? Does Onyeka crash the party? Sure, that's all plausible. But I think right now, if I had to give my best, best guess at a mock, Avija goes four and Toppin goes fifth to the Cavs. And it's plus 210. All right, fair enough. Ironically, you can get that exact matchup bet. Um, Avija versus Toppin. Avija would be a minus 174 yes. favorite. Toppin plus 136 there. I bring that up, Kev, because there's so many different ways to skin the cat, right? There's these mm-hmm. matchup bets, if you think. I know there's other props we've talked about in different conferences. Freshmen, the international guys, right? We just talked about it. LaMelo Ball would count for that as well because he didn't play for an NCAA team. Um, do any of the odds or props give you insight into what the order would be like for example they also hang like the exact top four right and while edwards and ball are kind of close to be the top one they prioritize different sequences of the top four right and hang different odds Mm -hmm. there are you reading any tea leaves and what FanDuel is telling us with the different markets so there is one market where FanDuel, to me had a misprice that sounds, you know, maybe bold of me to say. The odds have now moved to where I can say that. Over under four and a half freshmen. And I bet this number at plus 192. And I I kid you not, uh, I bet this last Wednesday, I refreshed every single day, many, many times a day, waiting for the number to move because I knew it had to move because, Dane, the answers to what they thought would happen with that number were available on the sports book. The over four and a half is now minus right. one thirty. I think this is still bettable, by the way, at minus one thirty. Okay. Wiseman and Edwards, both freshmen, they're going top five. We know this. Okay, no problem. Onyeka, 
His over-under, 6.5, minus 150 to the under. We know he's going top 10. He's a freshman as well. We need two more guys. Isaac Okoro, freshman out of Auburn, over-under, 9.5. Under 9.5 is minus 230. I like Okoro as well. Uh, and then Patrick Williams, a freshman, Dane, out of Florida State, okay. over-under, 7.5, minus 134 Ooh. juice to 7.5 to the under. So, Dane... Realistically, there you go. four of the five of them are ju- are juiced to go before the eighth pick, and then you got then would Okoro would be your swing. Look, you can middle if Okoro goes ten, you can hit a plus one eighty four over plus your over four and a half at minus one thirty. And your worst case right. scenario, unless something crazy happens with these other guys. Well, the plus 184 is your insurance on Okoro. Yep. Right. Okay, fair enough. I like that. Um, We only got a couple of minutes left, Kev. There's a bunch of other names out here, right? Like Vassal, I believe, out of Florida State. Uh, Killian Mm -hmm. Hayes, multiple Tyrese's. Uh, What about a little bit more on Avia, who I believe is, you know, kind of the the Macab Tel Aviv guy. Tell me more, like... Tell me more about some of these kids that are going to hear their name called early because there are fan bases across the country that will be welcoming these guys. What are they getting tonight? So one guy who's over under, I think, is very interesting, R.J. Hampton. R.J. Yes. Hampton was an elite yes. prospect coming would he out go as an of international? high school. Would he be yes. counted as an international player now too? Okay. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. R.J. Hampton took the LaMelo route. He's like, yeah, it's lit, New Zealand. Why not? The production of LaMelo, the, the, it, it all wasn't there. But his over-under is 15 and a half. A lot of mocks have him landing with the Boston Celtics at 14. Here's why that is very dangerous. Boston doesn't want to pick there. Boston has three first-rounders. They want to get themselves into this top 10. They really, really do. Um, look at this. Warriors, this is... Yep. Golden State Breaking is discussed news. sending the two overall pick to Chicago for four and Wendell Carter, the ringer reports. Yeah. Huh. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now. Denny of Egypt yep. for the Warriors. The Bulls come up and get LaMelo Ball at two. If Anthony Edwards is the first pick from the Timberwolves, is and incredibly live. So, And like that's why James Wiseman is minus 170 to go two. Be careful here, okay? Be very, very careful here. LaMelo Ball is still a valued piece in this draft. That is who the Bulls would be targeting. But, yeah, so I think R.J. Hampton is like, the top four? Guy. When in that moving you're talking about, because there's markets for the top four, and what you're describing yes. with that trade would get you yep. some money, right, Kev? Oh, yeah. uh, you're talking oh, right yeah. now the idea of, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Edwards won, ball two, and that's what what would do it, right? Because people think if Golden State makes that pick, it's definitely Wiseman. So if I'm Mm -hmm. looking to find what would be, I believe, what you're saying is Edwards, ball, uh, Wiseman, Avia, right? Is that, I think, what you're saying? I'm seeing that at like 9 to 1 right now, plus 880 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. It involves the trade. Uh, really? It involves the trade, which would have to happen there, right? Oh, you're right. I was looking mm-hmm. at Ball, then Edwards. But gotcha. it would involve the trade, but like, yeah? that that's, that's yes, I like that value? 100, yeah. 100%. Okay. And as somebody who would much prefer Edwards to not go one, I think I'm right, going right, to have right. to put that in my pocket as a little bit of an insurance. Because the Warriors don't want to pick at two. 
They don't. And last night, these rumors started coming out that they love Denny Avija. But they know it. They know it doesn't make sense to take him at two. Why would you do that? Well, they're, and they're just going to call. And, and Denny Avija and Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter has juice, man, coming out of Chicago. Yeah. They have not yeah. used that kid correctly. Exactly. And he's the same State, type of I'd player that we're saying Golden State would need, right? I'd you love, know that. I'd love I like that, that for too. Golden State. All right. Fair enough. Hey, Kev, when we come back on the other side of the break, we got to wrap this up. But you know what I do yep. find funny? Like on FanDuel, they give like the one, the two, the three, the four overall pick. And then the eight overall pick. That's the New York Knicks. Do me a favor. When we come back on the other side of the break, what's going to be happening on all these tech chains I'm on tonight at around 9.30 p.m.? Where are they winding up? Let me know when we yeah. come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line where I defy anybody to say we do not put the fun and functional sports content on the grid every weekday morning. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, you know, I got to be selfish with your expertise, right, as we wrap up the show. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a, you know, disappointed Knicks fan. I've got friends and text chains all talking about, you know, things like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. still, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we continue to mess these things up. And so when I see that the Knicks are at eight uh, overall and I see the market for eight overall includes names like Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Killian Hayes. It seems like it's point guard dominant, right? Do you think that's the direction the Knicks will go? And uh, will I and all my friends be happy if they land one of these two point guards? Uh, I would love for the Knicks to get – well, okay, I don't want the Knicks to get Tyrese Halliburton. I have him going under seven and a half. Ah. And I, I would be totally lying if I said a part of that was not, oh, yeah, of course the Knicks are going to lose out on the guy they're favorite to get. He'll go the pick right before <laughs> right. him. So that's part of it. But Halliburton would be a great addition. I think that he is – Let's call him the second safest player behind, say, an Obi Toppin okay. in terms of what we're okay. getting. I, I really, really like Halliburton as a prospect. You, him, Onyeka, LaMelo Ball, probably my favorite guys from the top 10. Killian Hayes has the widest range of outcomes you will find. There are people hmm. whose opinion I respect to think he is the first or second best player in the draft, really? period. There's also people who think that he's going to go like 16th. It is all over the map with this guy, where he lands, if the Knicks get him. Some people will be like, oh, who is this kid? Others will be like, what a steal. The Knicks are truly turning oh, okay. this thing around. I'll tell you this, though, Dan, on the point guard angle, this very well could give us some insight into how live all this Westbrook noise is. Russell Westbrook, right. Absolutely, right. Because if they do get the point guard here, then they may be not fishing for the point guard in the veteran market. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. You got any other last nuggets or last prop bets you want to throw out there real quick? We got 30 seconds, Kev. Absolutely. If you guys want to sweat it out, over under five and a half Pac-12 players, over five and a half is even money. I think we're getting six. It's going to be a ride, I promise you, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, the SEC number is pretty interesting at five and a half. I know for a fact five go. I know for a fact five will go in round one in the top 20. I don't know if you see the sixth. It's a sweat. It's tight. 
It's up to you. I think it's a fun one, though. Have some fun. Right, we'll see the results of Kevin sweating it out tomorrow. The morning after is up next right here on The Grid. Have a great day, guys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com.